I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Introducing You with me, that Mr. Christopher. Thanks so much for tuning in. I'm really, really pleased to be bringing you this brand new weekly show, this weekly podcast, where I showcase ordinary and everyday people, normal people with amazing stories because let's face it you don't have to be famous to have an amazing story and I love podcasts that interview famous people comedians and the such and and they're great but I think there was a real gap in the market for basically getting to know ordinary and everyday folk I think in in social media and everyday life we have a lot of connections but they're a bit meaningless a lot of throwaway and disposable conversations that don't really mean anything and what I thought would be a great idea was to to record some conversations normal one hour sit down chats face to face with random guests often strangers who I know nothing about and get to know them find out what makes them tick find out what they've experienced in their life and the results have been powerful I think uh this this first episode really goes to prove that I've known Ala Drixner who you will hear in a minute uh, I've known her for about three or four years and only in a professional capacity. Um, she's a YouTuber with a cooking channel and I had no idea about anything in her personal life. And sitting down with her, having that conversation, asking those questions revealed some some pretty powerful, deep stuff. And it was brilliant. So I really hope you enjoy it. Um, you're going to hear that in a minute. But just before, I thought I'd... Uh, I'd say you can get in touch with me and uh, the show is all about ordinary and everyday people and it wouldn't be possible without actually meeting ordinary and everyday people like you, like myself. I need guests, I need people to, to sit down and have a chat. So if you've got an amazing story, if you've been through something in your life that you think I that needs telling, whether it's good, bad, happy, funny, sad, whatever it may be, get in touch with me. My website is thatmrchristopher.com. My email address is podcast at thatmrchristopher.com. All my social media links, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, etc. They're all up on my website. Get in touch however you like. I love feedback, so let me know how you how you think this this episode went. Let me know your thoughts on the idea of the show and, and get in touch. If you do enjoy the episode, uh, first and foremost, share. Please, please, please share. That is the most important thing to me is if you enjoy it pass it on to someone else that you think may enjoy it as well um even if they're not the type of person to listen to podcasts um share it 
it's easy. That'll, that'll be the, the best thing that you can do. I make no money from this podcast. The idea isn't to make money. The idea is to just have a, a normal connection with someone and, and share it and try and inspire other people to, to maybe have better conversations in their lives. Uh, but you can rate and review as well. So go on iTunes, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, a little comment. I'll read it, so leave a comment for me if you want, but also my guests will read it. So if you have enjoyed a particular episode, then please go on there and leave a comment without giving away any spoilers as to what the show's about for people that might not have listened to that particular episode. Give a little comment and I'll share that with uh, with with my guests. Uh, you can also do that via email. So if you want to send me an email with kind of notes and your thoughts and feelings on uh, on, on one or one or more of my guests then you know please do that as well so i'm not going to waffle on anymore it's uh it's just a quick introduction um in in future episodes the introductions will be what i've been up to but pretty much just been recording podcasts i've got about 12 recorded so far so there's not much to tell you other than uh what i've already said how to get in touch and to just enjoy it so thanks very much I'm introducing you to normal people, different lives Husbands, brothers, sisters, wives Might have a laugh, might have a cry So if you've got the time Just sit back and relax We're gonna have a little chat And you don't have to answer back Oh, it's that Mr. Can't believe how, um, how how big your dog's head is. What breed is he? Oh, uh, Frenchy, French bulldog. French bulldog. I didn't think it was that big. It's just the ears. They are like a bat. <laughs> bat ears. How old is he now? Uh one year. Fantastic. One year. So a, a piggy with bat ears. I remember when you got him. <laughs> so yeah, I, I've started. Okay. Um, so thank you very much. Welcome. Oh, hello. Well, I say welcome. We're in your <laughs> yeah. kitchen. Um, welcome to the podcast and thank you very, very much uh, for, for, for coming on. So, yeah. introduce yourself. Uh, hey, everyone. <laughs> I feel like I need to look at you, but I'm going to stare at the, the road here. You can look at me. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm Alice, so I'm, I've just turned 29 and I'm a food blogger and I love cooking and I've been in England now for 14 years. 14 years wow yeah yeah a long time <laughs> so obviously people can listen and hear from your accent that you're you're not from london yeah which is where we are we're in south south london south yeah. west london uh south south, south i don't know just on the cusp yeah, isn't it <laughs> it's an sw postcode i'll say no more <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh flatby <laughs> <laughs> let's not give my personal address here <laughs> no 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 no, no. so joking. so where are you where are you from originally uh, i'm originally from latvia and okay. um i was born in a tiny village which is which only has about uh, i think hundred thousand people Okay. And that's the second biggest city in Latvia. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, my background's quite interesting. So my mum was Russian, my dad's Latvian. So I'm half Russian, half Latvian, I guess. Um, but technically I'm born in Latvia, so I'm Latvian. But it is confusing, I know. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I, I know nothing about Latvia, and I'm probably not the only one, really. Um, mm. 
I mean, Latvia. I looked it up before I come, and it's not anywhere near where I thought it would be. I thought it was sort of it's, it's Eastern Europe. Yeah, so it's Eastern Europe. Um, but it's right at the north bit, and then when I think Eastern Europe, I think kind of down where Czech and, and Romania is and, um, and stuff like that. But you're right up. Yeah, in the no, we're, we're a bit. Sea. Yeah, so probably Eastern Europe is even like a wrong saying. We're, we're really close to Finland, Lithuania, yeah, uh, Estonia. Well, up, that's, up more near Scandinavia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're the cool ones. No joking. <laughs> um, Apologies to all the Romanians. Out there. <laughs> but, no, that's not what I meant. But I mean, you still probably get the same rappers. Uh, Eastern Europe. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. People in yeah. the UK, they're just not educated at all about. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's it's. All, obviously all of the countries are quite poor uh, comparing to obviously English standards but they have developed a lot in the recent years so it's not that poor anymore and it's quite a touristic destination actually and Riga is known for stag do so <laughs> that's the um, capital right yeah exactly. so again I had to look that up and I think it kind of shows the, the sort of education that we've got in the UK that it's it's I know, I know Paris is the capital of France, but I don't know anything about any Eastern European company, uh, countries. I know yeah. that um, the Czech Republic's becoming really popular with stag thieves. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. I think all of the little cities they're just becoming. I think it's because they're really cheap, like to fly there. And sorry about that. That's my washing machine. That's all right. Or the pipe. I don't know. Um, it sounded like a like a pump. Or it's something a pump. Like that. Yeah. Dishwasher. Dishwasher. Dishwasher's just finished. <laughs> um, yeah, no, obviously, I mean, it's, it's a bad saying, but they say, oh, it's like cheap beer and um, lots of beautiful girls, so they just go there, you know. Um, but I think it's a lot more than that, you know. I've got beautiful culture, like we have a lot of lakes, uh, greenery. I think Latvia has something like over 400 lakes, mm. so it's huge and it's a lot of space and 2 million people and the country's huge, you know, sure. so yeah it's a beautiful country <laughs> yeah I, 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 I'm really keen to go to Poland because I think it's got some of the big, biggest natu- uh, sorry, uh, national parks yeah in, in Europe and, yeah. and just Poland's looks more absolutely developed. stunning yeah for sure Poland's more developed a lot more developed so like when I went to Warsaw it didn't even feel like I'm in Poland they have like big Big Macs and all the shops like McDonald's we, we literally have like one or two McDonald's in the whole of Riga in Latvia so it's like really just like niche places small places still like kind of like um, homemade food like cafeterias one, one or two McDonald's <laughs> in the whole of Latvia we, we've got two maybe three on South End High Street which is yeah. kind of where I'm from this is crazy um, so yeah. I mean you, you've spoken about kind of what Latvia is like in, yeah. but what, why do you think people don't know as much about Eastern Europe I mean it's all of I don't know. It's, it's sort of there's there's a, a fear and a lot of scrutiny about Eastern Europe, the people, because we just don't we yeah. have no educate. Like I, I wasn't taught in school yeah. about Eastern Europe. I, I mean, I think it's it's more known now than it was maybe like ten five years ago because we've you know we've been in uh, Eurosong contest and we've won football. We Latvia got that, through. That's- <laughs> Like in 2004, the two benchmark things that make a country are you in the Eurovision and do you exactly. play football? And I hate I hate both. <laughs> I can't stand Eurovision and I can't stand football. I love it. But... It just makes my night. It's just so funny. But um, no, I think I think oh, that's my dog snoring. That's the dog. Um, 
Um, I think Latvia is just um, it's the culture, I guess. Um, you don't really hear about it because it's very small and not a lot of people can afford to leave the country. You know, okay. so obviously now times have changed. So a lot of young generation has left Latvia now to live, you know, in Scotland, Ireland, here, UK. And, um, and you, you did. You left Latvia, obviously, because because um, we met here in in London. But you 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 met at a really left sorry at a, a really young age. Yeah, yeah. No, I came here when I was fourteen alone. Alone. Um, yeah. <laughs> like proper alone. Yeah, literally got on a plane by myself. I had a um I had to sign like my parents had to sign like uh, this form to say that somebody will accompany me on the flight. You know, to take me to the plane and from the plane because you before you're like 18 you can't technically travel alone right but you can have like a guardian or whatever that's nuts like um, i don't even think if you signed a bit of paper you, you could do that in, in the uk <laughs> so it was really scary i think it was probably the scariest time for me as a child you know because i was still 14 and thinking like thinking back then i thought i was quite like i guess grown up but um, it was very challenging like I didn't really speak English I mean I could say like things you know what's my name and like how old I am and talk about my f- you know the basic level like you guys learn yeah. in school French so um, and then I went to a boarding school for one year okay and then I lived with a guardian so I was like um, a lady called Pat so, so what what was the, the motivation to come or, or the uh, was, was that your decision your parents decision was it like okay you're going off to go and see what the big wide world is we're going to put you in a school or was it like that's what I want to do no that's not what I wanted to do it was it was purely my dad's decision okay and my mum supported him because uh, she thought I would have a much better future in life if I did go to England and she thought obviously learning English and potentially going to like a good university would have a much better future for me so even though I didn't want to go they kind of like said that it was best for me so yeah. Okay, so well, what what do you what would you what would your life have been like if you hadn't have left? Maybe like what what yeah <laughs> what what would you have probably grown up to become? It's crazy. I have no idea. I did think about this many times because are you in touch with any of your friends back home? No, not really. No, 14, no, I am no. It's it's hard because you know I've changed like four, four schools when I was younger. Um, my parents kept moving about. So and then when I um, left the small town, I went to Riga. Um, my parents were going through divorce, so um, okay. we kind of moved away. And I went to a new school, and then two years later, I left. So it's really hard at that age to make friends, I yeah. think. Yeah, no, I've changed I'd schools so moved many times. loads of times around about that same sort of age. I think uh, I, I was, I did year four, finished year four of junior school. Okay. And yeah. then between then and year seven of senior school, so the first okay. year of, of senior school, yeah. I. I I had a different school every year yeah, that's in, a, in a different town so yeah. I know what that's like but I don't know what it's like to <laughs> sod off to, to Latvia and go to school I there don't know. and have I to think, learn a new language yeah, but, it's, it's, so was it London that you came to first? no 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 I went to Kent so okay. um, I went to Rochester it's like a small town I'm sure a lot of people know yeah <laughs> um, I, you know now that I think about it you know it's it's very charming but I think going away as a child, it was a very traumatizing experience, and I think I cried every day for six months. Oh. Literally, I'm not joking. Every night, I'd go to bed and I'd cry, and I'd call my mom and I'd be like, "Can you take me back, please?" And it was it was really really difficult. 
Yeah. And she told me later that it was breaking her heart every time, obviously, to talk to me. Yeah. And she wanted to just, like, you know, okay, come back. But she was like, no, no, it's good, it's good, it's good for you, you know. So, um, I, I mean, in, in the long run, <laughs> in the long run, they yeah. were probably right in, in terms of the education systems, um, the opportunities that it's probably given you. Yeah. Um, and but I mean, at the same time, like you say, it was really traumatizing. Yeah. Is that rolled into adult life is there um i think it just made me grow up a lot faster so i didn't really feel like i have a childhood if that makes sense because i had to learn how to do everything myself i mean it was so silly to a point where i would give her a call and be like mom how do i sew a button on the code because it broke because i would have to learn everything (laughs) you know i I, who else is going to do this for me you know so i had to do everything alone yeah and um that's crazy. Yeah, so it's like silly things like that. You well, know? you said you had a guardian, right? So uh, yeah, but they, you know, they wouldn't sew buttons on your coat. No, they don't. It's 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 not probably fair to say that they all like the same. But I felt like, uh, you know, it was it was, uh, you know, the the lady I was living with, she just lost her husband. So I think she wasn't really in the right frame of mind to look after someone else. I felt like almost. I was just living in this in this house. So, uh, who who was this guardian in terms of how they came to to be your guardian? I think uh, they go through like a legal uh, guardian board. Is it sort of like like foster like parents. fostering yeah, or something yeah, like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but she, she was nice. I mean, I'm not going to say anything bad. I just think, are you still in touch? No, we haven't actually. No. Oh no. I think we we I don't know. I think she was in a in a you know different space at that time, and I was still very young, you know, a teenage girl. Um, it wasn't who <laughs> wasn't really happy either. So I, I don't know. Yeah. It's not the best. So as a young teenage girl, when you're kind of at that age, you're trying to learn about yourself yeah. and and the you know your own big wide world. You're in a you're in a world, <laughs> yeah, and all yeah. the things that fourteen year old girls have to to learn about. You've then got to learn English. Yeah. learn how to integrate into Western Europe like I say it, it, there is a clear it's a line shock isn't there well. <laughs> yeah yeah I mean going from for me, yeah, Rodriguez go you said how many people well I lived like in 100,000 in 100,000 to, yeah. to then come to Kent and then into London and yeah but it wasn't just that the, uh, it was just a mixture of cultures I've never seen a black person before I've never seen a Chinese person before I've never oh, seen oh really I've never seen any other race because, you know, when you're from village, you're just kind of surrounded by just the, like same people or you would imagine that, you know, that's how everybody looks. And I think at that time we didn't really have internet. Yet. No, I was so going to say, yeah, well, I remember <laughs> your, well, uh, that would have made me about 17, maybe yeah, at I the time I you was 14 or 15 when I started using internet. Yeah. So, so and, you and didn't yeah, really know my, and, my, my brother is a couple of years younger than you and he's he's never lived without the internet <laughs> spoiled you know I had the internet that made the awful yeah <laughs> that, that, that really yeah, exactly. awful noises and, and that was yeah well into my teenage years so yeah. so uh, yeah I can't so. imagine what that would be like actually to, set, <laughs> to, to, to come come over go to a school and, and see so many different things yeah. What what was your reaction to that I think I was just I was just really curious and it was like a bit of a I just I, I don't know I, I'm trying to think now how how I felt but I think I was just excited at the same time just I thought they were all going to be different and they talk different but everybody's the same it was just you know they look different um so but and then the food oh my god 
<laughs> food was something that I just could not get used to for about three to four years. Okay. It's completely so, different food in Latvia, so... So I imagine <laughs> Latvia to be fairly similar to, well, what I should imagine all of yeah. Eastern European yeah, food is Russia, like. yeah. Potatoes and cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's sort of, and, and boiled eggs. Maybe a gherkin or two. And an anchovy. <laughs> we have a lot of Just pork. <laughs> no anchovies. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but a lot of a lot of dairy, so a lot of cheese, cottage cheese, milk, um, a lot of meat, so a lot of pork products, and yeah, potatoes, cabbage, and beetroot. So <laughs> and beetroot, there you go. I like beetroot. Uh, okay, yeah, so I mean, that doesn't sound wildly <laughs> fantastic. And obviously, being from from Britain and a, and a foodie as well, I obviously am pro British food. I know I know yeah. it's downsides, but I mean what what elements couldn't you get on with? What was the bits that were so I mean I think awfully different. <laughs> I think to this day I still dread the, the, the sound of cheese and pickle sandwich. Like for okay. me, that like literally makes me want to puke. Um it's because we were like forced fed, you know, in school like you were just given the food that you had to eat. And I just remember these pickle cheese well, you sandwiches. You went to a harsh school. Uh, yeah, it was just there was so many <laughs> rules. Well, like, you know, I mean, there was just one or two choices, and you had to eat or you like don't eat, and you know, you can't just go to the supermarket and buy food. Sure, that's what I was used to at home, and I think that's another thing was that I used to live with my mom and my sister, and yes, you know, I was really independent already, but if I wanted to see my friends, I'd go see my friends. If I wanted to do my homework at in the evening, I could. If I want to go to the shop and buy an ice cream, I can, but when I lived in England it was really strict you can't you had to do homework from this hour to this hour the food was from this hour to this it was all planned out for you every day so I, I, that shocks me because I would have thought it'd been the other way around Latvia being uh, <laughs> such a close country to Russia I would have thought yeah, that would have been a lot more strict uh, mm. a, a, a regime if you like because I mean I didn't have a particularly yeah. strict childhood oh, I certainly wasn't force fed cheese and pickle sandwiches and <laughs> You know, my mum used to give me a quid and, and send me off to the, the corner shop to get sweets or, yeah, or the ice no, cream van um, and stuff like that. But No, because we were foreign students, because I wasn't just alone there, um, they had to be really, really strict because if anything did happen to you, you know, that was a okay, huge yeah. legal responsibility. So we basically, it was like a prison, you know. I mean, you had to be in school, you had to do this and this. And if you wanted to go out, you were allowed to go out with somebody from the sixth form who is older for like half an hour an hour a day from four wow. o'clock to five and you had to be back and if you were late then you would have detention so it was like really really strict <laughs> that's nuts that's nuts <laughs> so yeah i mean you've said about in general latvia's not uh, a very wealthy wealthy country no. but i mean i'm getting an impression that you know what w- what was what was your family situation like because i mean to to afford for a child to be yes. sent off to another country, especially an expensive one, you yeah. know, e- even 15 years ago, you know, yeah, exactly. Kent is not a cheap county to be sending a child to school, all the school uniform, all of that, you know, he obviously needs paying for So, I mean, what's what was home um, life like? So, basically, when I was little, I think up to the age maybe like 10, 11, we were like really poor. So my dad was uh, working and my mom was working. They were like, my dad was always doing some sort of businesses. I remember he used to like go to Poland and sell technology and 
all sorts and then they got into petrol and I think my dad just started doing really really well for Latvia and cool. he was at the right time in the right place so his business went really well um, and then he met other people who, you, who who were sending their children to England that's how he came up with this idea um, yeah, thanks and it was, it was like well yeah you know this is the best thing you can do for them so I think I think he basically like invested a lot of money and I was like a trial child because Inga obviously a trial child. <laughs> Inga came much later my sister Inga's your sister yeah um, and I think yeah he worked really hard to send me there and I think I guess his business went better and better <clears throat> I suppose that's kind of like he, he, if, he, if he'd have had a struggle growing up and then getting into yeah. the position you know it was a struggle for him to achieve that yeah. financial success to be able to send it maybe it was a I don't want her I don't it's, want my daughter exactly to grow that, up yeah. in that sort of struggle as well let's yeah. get her a bit I mean I respect no, that no it's exactly that like he I respect that but at the same time I do sort of respect your position that that's got to be terrifying yeah it's kind of like I'm really grateful for what happened but at the same time if I had to do it again I honestly don't think I would and like I you wouldn't send I, your child no I wouldn't and I thought about this many times and I just think 14 is just too young, you know. Yeah. 16 maybe, but 14... Because that key is, I mean... Yeah. <clears throat> 12 to 16 is really a... that, that That's a, a huge <laughs> learning curve. Those young adolescent years where you're learning so much yeah. about the world and yourself and awesome. your, your own body, your mind, your hormones <laughs> and everything like that. To then boot yeah. that, you know, in... Yeah. Put that in your backpack and deal with that. That's 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 a huge thing. But you know, I mean, it's it's advantages and disadvantages. You know, I guess. But in two years, I was completely fluent in English. Um, I did take private lessons as well okay. in English too. Um, they wanted to put me into a year below my age because they thought my English wasn't strong enough, which it wasn't. But I was like, no, give me two months. Just I'm gonna have extra English lessons, so I want to be with my age people. I don't want to be the weirdo you know the who's so older. yeah he was pretty determined yeah and it, it, you know I've, I feel like I've always been like fighting from a very young age to kind of prove myself and like get like to the same level and make sure like I kind of progressed further so yeah what was what was other what was UK kit because you said you lived with a lot of other foreign yeah, students and stuff did, like that yeah. so was that your friendship circle did you integrate with other like British kids um, I, di- I did with British kids. I, I think I actually made friend, one friend from Russia, one from Belarusia, and one from Ukraine. Because we kind of guess we felt we were, I guess it was more familiar and we spoke Russian and it was easy. Yeah, because you, Latvian. I speak both. Is a, yeah. is a language in its own right, but yeah. you also speak Russian as well. Yeah, Latvia is, well, Latvian is the national language. We don't have Russian as a language, um, yeah. like as in officially, but um, a lot of people do speak Russian as well. But I think it's good. It's better to speak more languages, you know. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so you left at fourteen. Yeah. And then something huge happened at sixteen. Uh, yeah. Um, While you were still here. Yeah. So I was in England, um, and it was two weeks before the um, school holidays. You know, in October, and um, I, I got a. I I used to speak to my mom every day pretty much on the phone. Yeah. And then I tried calling her one day and like she didn't pick up the phone. So I was like, okay, that's a bit weird. So I tried the second day. 
so from Wednesday I mean I've been calling her like every day and I started to feel that something was like wrong you know because she wasn't picking up the phone um and then I called her boyfriend and then her boyfriend was like really talking really funny and was like oh she just um she got too drunk and fell out of a taxi and hurt herself so she's in hospital right um so so I was like really stressed out I was like oh my god you know um tried calling my grandparents my dad no one's picking up so I started to think this is really weird behavior yeah but you know because your parents are divorced by that time yeah they were divorced so they weren't together did you you were 14 when you come here were were they separated and divorced before um they were separated yeah Yeah. they officially got divorced I think just like uh yeah literally when I was 16 just just a few months before wow but they were separated when you came over here so yeah they they was going for a divorce and separation at the same time as you're coming over to the UK there's so many changes during that key growing up stage that's crazy um, yeah, I think that the separation lasted like six or eight years, so it's quite long. I think maybe they, I don't know, I guess I hope that they're going to get back together, right. as any child, I guess, hopes, <laughs> but they didn't. Um, and yeah, and then just my dad gave me a call, I remember, uh, he just said, um, bought your flight to, to Latvia, you need to leave in one hour to the airport now, and just hang up. Um, he just hung up? Just hang up, and... I don't know, I just had this like really heavy feeling. So took my sister, went to the airport straight away. So your sister was in the UK at this time yeah, as well? Because you were the trial child. She came. She came in September. So, like, so you you were sixteen. Yeah, and she was fourteen. So you'd, as you'd well. had the best part of two If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Years 
before she turned 14 yes. and, and came over as well yeah but it was much that's another thing you know away from as it, were, you, were you close in Latvia yeah we were close um, we were always close and I think it was just much easier for her to come to England than me because you know I've told her everything how to do I already kind of set yeah, up the base the, there you were the guinea her. pig yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely exactly. Um, but you know she literally just left in September so she spent a lot more time with mom um, and stuff uh, obviously <laughs> two years more yeah um, yeah and then I mean my story is actually quite tragic um, so I, I, we got on a plane and I decided to pick like three or four newspapers because that's I just wanted to distract myself from thinking what has happened and every single page had a huge headline saying that the woman was killed um, by a bomb and that like probably gonna get upset here <laughs> um, yeah they're like oh no I'm getting upset that's now. okay I mean it's okay if it's okay with you <laughs> yeah yeah no it's fine <laughs> you can push on or I can press pause <laughs> um, yeah it's just but I just ignored that and I just kept reading other stuff. So that that was in the papers? Yeah, I mean, there were no pictures. There were just big titles, like on every page that this never happens and there was a huge bombing. And um, So I just kind of skipped the, the page and I started reading other things. But then every newspaper I'd pick up, it had the same article. So I was like, what is this? You know, like, I'm just going to read this. Yeah. So, yeah, and then I just start reading it and it had my mom's name, her age boyfriend's name it said that the woman died on Wednesday she was killed um, and in, an, in a, a bomb an explosion yeah um, it just sounds all it's just all you know like I mean to this day it just still just sounds so like unreal in a way I mean I know it's yeah, real but I think you couldn't you couldn't fucking just, write that you, you know yeah, you found out on the plane for a newspaper yeah, so I started having like a panic attack because obviously it all kind of kicked into my head that, that that's her. But then part of my brain was like, no, there could be thousands of other women named the same things and have the same flats. And, you know, like your brain really just Try to convince, yeah. I convinced myself so much that this, this, this was someone else that it could just be a coincidence. You know, I mean, how many other women can be the same age and, and, and you know, name and have the same boyfriend even though it doesn't make sense now because it's but but you're 16 yeah <laughs> and yeah um, you, I should imagine that you probably would try and I, I just do I what d- you can to convince yourself that you're right yeah. even if it's you know that's a lie is to, to get to get through a plane yeah I just I could I couldn't I mean I started to panic I started to, sh- just to scream from what I remember I was I was crying already and um, the, they they told me that if I don't if I don't calm down they'll kick me off the plane because obviously I was causing a scene which I don't even remember doing that to be honest. Obviously, I guess I was, but from from my memory, I guess that's I, I don't remember doing that. Um, so they told me to calm down. Um, my sister was kind of asleep on my shoulder, so I didn't want to tell her like. Before. So she's still unaware. Yeah, and she you're wasn't piecing unaware. it together. Um, so I just kind of cried the entire plane and I was just thinking in my head I don't know I was going through all these scenarios like that it's not true that if it is like how could it be and because I didn't want to read any more stuff I just you know um, I, I can't really explain the feeling I mean it's like I don't know it's like 
huge emptiness. I've, and then I just, I, I think when I got off the plane, I thought, okay, I'll see my dad and I'll know straight away if it's true or not. And when we got off the plane, I just saw, he saw us and he looked down. And like, that was for me, that that, that was the confirmation. And, and, and Inga still had no idea no, or you didn't say anything? I, I just didn't, I didn't want to, I, I don't know, I, st- I started to feel like protective protective like feeling sure. so she was like sleeping on my shoulder I'm like crying my eyes out she was very tired I can't remember now and I was just like holding her and I was thinking oh my god like this this if this is it you know like I'm gonna have to look after her forever like and I don't know I mean it's it's, it's really sad and I don't know and then and then obviously when I saw my dad he was like crying and then I was very because like, I've never seen him cry in my life in 29 years he cried three times in his life so when I saw him cry, I realized that that you know it was probably true that she she, she wasn't in the hospital, that she was dead, and he just gave me some pills straight away. He I just said, "Dad, is this true?" And he was like, "What?" And I was like, "I read in the newspaper." And he was like, he just went like, "Yeah, um, yeah, sorry, I I don't know what to say," and he just gave us like some like valerian like something like to calm you down some sort of pills um that make you sleep as well so i don't remember much i just fell asleep in the car and i slept for a few days i think like i would wake up and i'd be like this is not true you know i'm gonna call my mom and i would go and i realize it's true and that kind of like feeling of sickness in your stomach um and then you know everything's really blurry I don't know it's just I just remember the funeral and loads of people and they wouldn't let me see her because when the bomb actually exploded like her body just was non-existent anymore so sure um so I never even like kind of felt like I said goodbye you know um yeah, I mean, <laughs> obviously it still upsets me now. I thought, I yeah. thought, like, I can't, I don't know, obviously I can't talk about it. Like, I thought I can talk about it, like, without getting upset, because, you know, it's been, it's been over 10 years, but I guess it's still just quite upsetting. Yeah, I've got, I had no idea. <laughs> I I had no idea, and, and I, I, I've never lost anybody, you know, I've never, um, I've got, I'm really lucky, you know, I've got my parents, my grandparents, uh, everyone seems to have babies fairly young in my family, so no one's kind of popping off from old age, and and I've been really, really lucky and fortunate that there's been no tragedy that has kind of befallen on our family to to mean that I've, I've had to attend a funeral of even a fairly close relative, yeah. but your, your mother at 16... Is, is one thing to be in another country isn't another and to have found out the way you did I mean how, how do you feel about the way that you found out like yeah I don't I, I don't want to, to put anything on on your dad or your family but that's yeah I, I feel what, what would you have rathered you know would you do you think uh, there was another way that that could have been you know, if he'd have come to the UK or it if it told you on the phone and and got your guardian to have been there when you received that news because yeah I mean I you know like I don't know I I did I did understand why they all kept it a secret because 
but I think he said that he was worried that if he told us over the phone, it's not something you say over the phone. He didn't know how we'd react. We're in a different country. We could have done something to ourselves. Yeah. He wanted us in a safe place. Again, just trying to protect you. I think, and it kind of made sense because if if I did find out, I, I don't know what I would like. I don't know what I would do. You know, it's you can't explain that feeling. And I was really close to my mom. Like she was my best friend. You know, like. We talked every day and she was like really like cool mom as well. She was like really, you know, modern and like we talked about boys and we talked about sex and we talked about, you know, everything. Like it was, she was like my best friend and I really didn't want to live. Um, like I just, you know, at that age as well, when you're 16 and you lose someone that you really love, you know, um, yeah. I just, I had like bad thoughts. I just thought like, how am I going to kill myself? And just wanted to be with her so but then the only reason like I just kind of stopped myself is because I had my sister and I was like no I can't do that because if I go then what is she gonna do and it's not kind of fan I guess yeah that's the only thing that kind of kept me like stopped me from I mean she was not that much younger than you but that two years at that particular age I mean it's difference but it's a huge difference isn't it Uh, mentally between you know 30 and 32 but 16 and 14 there's a huge yeah. gap how did she process that as well and yeah she was really quiet I think she stopped talking for like a month or something she didn't talk to anyone so everybody was worried that like she's never gonna talk again but she she was fine she did eventually like I mean yeah I think I think it affected her as well a lot but I don't think maybe it affected her the same way as it affected me because I, was, I felt like I was much closer to my mom than she was as well so yeah and like you said you know you were closer to your yeah, mom yeah yeah okay so you know like 14 and 16 like you said is a massive difference sure even though it doesn't sound like it is but it is but like you said you you had those those phone calls like I said right at the beginning of, of, of the podcast that you know they're real formative years and yeah, I think if you're having those daily phone calls back to your mum, you're yeah. going through puberty. You're 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 talking about boys. You're talking about sex. You know, even yeah. over the phone, you're gonna have a a real strong bond to yeah. that person that you're you're and 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 Inga hadn't formed Reached that, that type of yeah. bond because she hadn't gone through as much of that and 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 whatever she had probably gone through. Her the older person that she could talk to was was you. Yeah. When she when she arrived here in the UK as well. No, I mean, it was. I think it was really traumatizing for her as well. She was very close to mom um, too, and I think either way, it's just like you know, you would never ever wish this to anyone. Oh no, of course. I don't know, not even to your worst enemy, like losing a parent. And I mean, to this day, you know. Um, it's been 11 years and stuff and I think this year is the best year when I'm kind of really finally accepting what has happened and just kind of let it go like yeah I get upset sometimes but I've just accepted what has happened and I just decided to let it go you know because it was bothering me and I still get upset you know if I go to cinema and watch a movie about a mom and a daughter I would get upset you mm. know? and it was just in fact like affecting my life too much so this technically last year's last year when I feel that I just made my peace with it, you know. I think I think maybe that's that's an age thing and 
yeah. I mean whenever I talk to someone about how do you get over a, a big episode in your life such as that I mean it could be anything I think people I, I had a, a I don't know when this podcast is going out, whether it's before or, or after the, the other one that I recorded uh, with a guy called Marcus. And you know, he said the only way is you do it one chunk at a time. But I think when you're an adult, you know, I think he, your teenage years, your 20s, you're still learning so much. You, yeah. You've still got so much other stuff to process. To, to process that, it, it's going to take longer. So, you know, I mean, you're 29 now and you're saying that, you know, this is really the only time that you've really started to properly process yeah. it, understand it, and accept it as a truth, and and move on. Obviously, not forget, but yeah, but kind no. of move on and and go. Well, that that's what happened. Yeah. You know, I think it would take longer as a as a child and as a young adult. You know, I mean, I think people in their twenties they're still young adults. Yeah, you know? of course. Um, I mean, I, I, that's awful I, yeah. I had no idea um, I don't really talk about this it's not something you know you yeah, share I with don't. people or friends I mean a couple of my close friends know about this but I don't even know if they know the full details because it's quite it's quite hard for me to tell the whole story because it's really especially personal. if you like you say you're, you're still processing it yourself it's not yeah something you, you're try, still trying to you're battling with or you're trying to understand yourself it just doesn't sound real you know like in my head and that's why I think I haven't actually grieved properly so I've just associated that with someone else's life you know because it just doesn't even sound yeah it's like you know how, it's, I can talk about this for hours I guess I just it's just stupid situation wrong time wrong place I don't know um you know it wasn't even meant for her it was meant for someone else it's just like it's an accident yeah so I mean a bomb is a big dramatic effect and and generally they're yeah. put with a purpose yeah it what just would, doesn't happen do, do you know what what um, the reason for someone to to yeah I think to the, do that the case is still open um but she used to rent out a flat to this um person Okay. and he was delayed on rent for several months and he had some issues with some bad people because uh, the bombs actually were made in Russia they were imported so he, he he was basically a bad guy he was doing something dodgy Right. she just rented a flat to him and I think he called her one night saying he dropped all the money into post box she needs to go and pick it up now and he was testing her as a test object to see if the people that he was sort of afraid of put something into the post box so I don't think he even knew that there would be such strong bombs in there so obviously when she opened the post box she died straight away so, so um, it's just yeah but they, they can't they can't like they don't have the evidence they don't know who was the, the, the person disappeared you know, so that's not thing. even no full closure for you on that either yeah but I decided to just let it go because there will never be and if I try spending you know my whole life on my energy on trying to find this person and you know like I just thought yeah I yeah, don't yeah. want that you know I mean oh, that's I'm never going to really have brave. a closure anyway so I might as well just accept it I mean I can't bring her back so I don't want to waste 
I don't want to waste just my energy and, and, and yeah. because it will make me depressed you know what I mean like it's just going to make me go crazy into that trying to figure it out and because I, I did that for, for, for many years but it's it's just a dead end really so just decided to let it go so how, how long was you after that back in Latvia and, and, and staying there you I and Inga I think I was there maybe for two three weeks and then they decided to send us back to school because they thought it was better to get out of the country my dad thought um, you know every TV and newspaper and internet at that time had the, the, the news story on every single page because it was a huge deal to Latvia we don't have Russian bombs like it's just it was really random yeah uh, I think there were two bombings in the whole of you know Latvia existence because it was only became independent not that long ago um, so yeah and then I was just in England and I felt really isolated because obviously the school knew about what has happened and obviously all the students knew somehow I don't know how they knew but they all knew and none of the kids like not even people that I used to hang out with they just nobody would talk to me and part of it I found out later was that the, everybody was so like shocked as well and they just didn't know what to say to me so they just alienated I, I don't I, I I don't know what to say yeah um, I, I, other than that I've got a load of things that I want to talk to you about and ask you about I mean that's mm. I think the amazing thing oh, <laughs> Milo's having a little a moment. Um, I, I think that, that that's big reason why I started doing this uh, the podcast is because everyone's got an amazing story and and I, I mean I've known you for four years nearly yeah but only really known of you from your your sort of profession really um, I, I I wouldn't I'd say we're we're, we're firm acquaintances rather yeah. than than firm friends. Um, yeah, for sure. And 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 that's lovely. And you know, I hope to see you a bit more. But you know, we we've both got our own lives, and you know. But yeah, yeah. You know, sure. it, it was wonderful that you agreed to be on this. But you know, you 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 messaged me on LinkedIn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you messaged me on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, uh, quite a while ago. Um, in two thousand and thirteen, in July saying you know at the time I was I was a chef and a development chef working for a company and and you uh you wanted to get into to cooking yeah. professionally you yeah. you was in recruitment yes I did recruitment and sales and I, honestly I tried so many jobs and I don't know I just thought I'll email a bunch of professionals on LinkedIn <laughs> and ask their advice what is it so like I wasn't a special one <laughs> <laughs> you were one of the special ones <laughs> fantastic fantastic so I mean yeah I, I, I got back to you and said if I can help in any way um, and, I, and I, I'd like to think I did in a small way you did, I got you, you a job um, yeah. uh, as, a, as a freelancer working with a company that I worked for um, but I think that kind of was at the same time that you set up a food blog yeah YouTube channel Tell us a bit about that, because um, I, I think this is amazing, because <laughs> I, I was sort of in the background of that journey. So I yeah, remember when you all, had, <laughs> I remember when you had like less than a, a hundred subscribers to your YouTube channel or, you know, less than a thousand views on, on any of your videos. And yeah. now what are you up to? I mean, I've got over four million views in total on um, 
yeah on youtube yeah i mean i was scrolling through some of them (laughs) some of them on each one's got you know 125,000 views and and stuff like that yeah i did as well um so i just hated my job (laughs) and i was feeling really depressed at the time and lost and i just didn't know what i want to do with my life but i've always liked cooking so i thought where's that come from I think, yeah, it came from my grandmother. Okay. And my mom used to cook a bit, but she wasn't the, like, she, she cooked really well, but she didn't enjoy it. So she would make lots of food and she'd be like, I'm done for three days, you eat what's in the fridge. But my granny, she was quite different. She was like, every time you go to her house, we'd have like, I don't know, a feast. Like, you can't eat anymore, but they're like, a no, you have to. Potatoes, cabbage and beetroot. <laughs> yeah, like, pierogies, you know, pastries, pies, all the stuff, like salads. It's like really delicious stuff. But, you know, if I ate that every day, I'd be the size of a house. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I don't know. I kind of grew up with that. And because, obviously, when my mom... Um, you know died granny kind of looked after us so um she was cooking all the time and uh-huh. I was cooking with her and then at university I had to cook food myself so I started cooking and experimenting and I realized that that is one thing that relaxes me and you know whenever I felt sad about my mom I would just go and cook and I'd realize that that takes my mind off completely so I'd be creating some sort of chocolate brownies or something and I'm in a different world, you know. <laughs> I'm just sitting there, like you know, doing the science, measuring yeah. ingredients, and I realized that that's my way out of of happiness. I don't know. I don't know. It sounds maybe funny, but um, no, no. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Just it was just where I, where I was at that moment, you know. And then I kind of became popular around all my university friends for like the best cakes and brownies, and um, people loved just like. I would bring it to, you know, classes and happy pyjama parties and throw lots of food and cookies and stuff like that. So I knew that I could cook and I knew that I was good, I guess. Um, I never thought of it as a career. Mm. And then one day I was having lunch with my friend, Rahan, um, who I went to um, halls together we met. And he was just like, why don't you do something with food? Because you love food. He was like, what are your hobbies? And I was like, food. He's like, why don't you do something with that? And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? He goes, so what, what did you study at uni? Um, I did uh, management. Management and like IT and economics. Okay. And everything like that. So it's a completely different degree. <laughs> um, and I went to, obviously, London School of Economics. Um, I was, I think, th- only four people from my school out of 90 people went to like LSE or Oxford or Cambridge so I did really well (laughs) yeah absolutely um yeah so it was just like why don't you just write a food post and like a blog post and I said oh I'm not really good like I don't really like writing stuff so he was like why don't you do a video and I was like yeah I guess I could do a video you know and I didn't delay it I kind of just went in it and then on a weekend I recorded my first video on my iPhone and just told my sisters like hey can you just like record me I'm just gonna do this cookies so we were like <laughs> it was really nerve-wracking like thinking about it now I still have that video up on my YouTube channel just because I want to remind myself how far we'll I've put gone. it on the, the podcast as a link <laughs> so we, we put this it's really embarrassing we're, 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 we're looking at putting this out on uh, on a platform called Acast so yeah. you can download this off iTunes you can download mm. it off of of all the different types of platforms that you can get a podcast but one of the the ones that I really like working with is is this company called Acast and they put on um, like on your phone as as we say something 
there'll be like a oh, link to cool. what we're saying so if people are like oh, okay <laughs> right now they want to see that recipe they <laughs> can sure click they the image of your cookies and they can be taken to that so it's your responsibility to get me those links <laughs> and then i'll throw them up and uh it's a really embarrassing video like, i want to see i haven't seen that <laughs> <laughs> it's my first video ever and you know it's got terrible sound and quality and but it's the passion that's there you know it was always there from the beginning and then I just used it as a hobby, you know, I started to market my videos, I started to join more groups and basically kind of really started working on it and I realized that I really enjoy it. Um, and at that point I was like, okay, I need to see if I can get into the chef jobs or do I need a second education? How can I get into this industry? So that's probably at the point when I've emailed you. Um, yeah. <laughs> And uh, after two months of just doing YouTube videos, like one video a week, I only done like three or four videos, I decided that I'm just going to quit my full-time job <laughs> and go into the food full-time. It was a bit of a crazy decision. Because it, 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 it quite quickly did become something that went from being something fun to do, a hobby, to, you know, well, I'm creating enough content to say that this could be a career, yeah. a business. I think about two, two and a half years, probably, yeah. But the first six months, I had no job, I had nowhere to live, I had no money, so it was pretty tough, actually. Um, <laughs> so I kind of just moved around and lived with my friends, and then two weeks there, and it was such a nightmare, mo moving all my, you know, stuff. And sure. Um, but I did I did meet um, Adam who um, who is my ex-boyfriend now um, but he helped me a lot um, you know I moved in with him and he was supporting me through everything uh -huh. so I guess if I didn't have him in my life as well I wouldn't probably be here now in terms of my YouTube and you know my success so I do want to give him a lot of credit for that <laughs> um, but yeah and then I just kind of went that's really good of you actually. I'm gonna say I, mean, I was thinking I'm saying, that's really good of you there's, there's not a lot I give to any of my exes anymore well I just think it's only fair you know he got me my first camera for Christmas and things like that you know he's yeah. really supportive so yeah I, th I think he deserves he deserves the credit fantastic um but yeah and obviously all my other friends and everyone I met along the way helped as well but um yeah and then I kind of just started doing a bunch of jobs and um got into um like best um catering company Alison Price which catered actually for the queen for the olympics so wow. it was just really lucky cuz it was again through connection somehow I managed to I guess people realize how passionate they am so yeah. kind of roll ball from there and I think when you're passionate and you want to change your career I mean, yeah, you're do a super determined person. Um, that helps. You, yeah, you are a, a super determined, I'm just going to go and do it. And if that means sitting here on LinkedIn and emailing 200 people, or if it means saying in a day I'm going to record 10 videos so that I've got content yeah. every week for, you know, the next however many weeks, you know. And, yeah, in, and, and it is primarily Russian, Eastern yeah. European... Um, style food that you, it is, you do yeah so i basically and then just, cakes there's a lot of cakes yeah, and lot of cakes. cookies and brownies and <laughs> stuff Can't like that without my cakes, but um yeah so i i kind of went and did a bit of research i was like hey is anybody doing russian or latvian food recipes in english language and i realized really quickly that nobody was doing that at all there were maybe one or two videos which were really bad quality bad sound everything was just not basically there was a huge gap in the market which i thought hey, I'm going to fill this gap. Yeah. Um, 
and you know I think it worked out really well obviously you know I've got over I've got now 210,000 subscribers on, on Facebook crazy 65 and you, so basically around 300k now on all my social media and, and I've, I've, I've read uh, this morning some of the, the comments you know they're from people from all over the world you know from uh, all over the states in, in yeah. so many of the, the states out there to yeah. all over Eastern Europe yeah. the UK um, <laughs> the Middle East yeah, everywhere. US is my biggest audience. I love US. Oh, is it? Yeah, I love America. I love all the Americans because they're really nice and they're very like sweet and supporting. They make my recipes and they're very excited. So oh, okay. Um, and then and, and are they Russian or Eastern European people or kind of you know from from that uh, that that background living in the states or are they? Yeah. Anybody and everybody that um, just is I, I interested a in a different type of food. Yeah, I think it's a mix. I get a lot of people that immigrated at a young age, for example, to America, and they are a bit Russian, but they're more American than Russian. But then they see a recipe and like, oh my god, I forgot what it was called. But yeah, just yeah, remember, yeah. Like, I just remembered my childhood, and that's exactly what I wanted to do: bring all the childhood recipes onto the internet for everyone who maybe grew up in Russia, Latvia, Eastern Europe, Poland, whatever and can find that recipe in English and doesn't live in that country anymore because so many people have migrated, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, here no, comes so, the dog again. Yeah, <laughs> here he goes. Top, top, top. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just... I mean, I'm not going to lie, it's still a bit difficult because it is quite a niche market. So I do find that um, for, for people to discover me, I have to really go out there and, and still push myself and, and say this is what I do, you know? Yeah. Because um, you're not going to suddenly Google like how to make a, I don't know, salad of Russian salad or no, but then, some sort of specific name. <laughs> there, there's name. loads of things that I didn't know existed, but then they pop up in my newsfeed because I've subscribed. And uh, it's things like you were when the full recipes like a video can last a couple of minutes to 15 minutes, half an hour, whatever on YouTube, on, on any cooking channel. They started becoming really popular on on Facebook, and yeah. you were one of the first that were you know doing the the really stripped down thirty second ones. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. they're everywhere now. Unilad and now, and all yeah. of the you know <laughs> all all of the companies that that take a you know a small. But you were one of the first that that started doing that, weren't you? Yeah. So I caught the wave. I just I just you, you know, caught the wave. <laughs> I mean, I think I think. In life, there are like opportunities, and you either take them or you don't. And if you see an opportunity, you have to work your ass off. And if yeah. you do it right, you might just go ahead one step further than everyone else. So, and I think sometimes it's a lot to do with luck as well. Obviously, work, hard work, but if you're not lucky and you know the wave has gone and you're just starting now, you might not be in the same position as I am when I started, you know, four years ago. So, yeah, and that's what I mean. We, we don't, like I said, we're, we're kind of firm acquaintances but you know I have kind of watched you over the last four years in the background and you know you are a bit younger than me but and and you approached me for my help and and feedback and advice and stuff like that and now it's it's crazy because that table's turned you know I'm just starting this podcast you're this content creator that's got you know loads and loads and loads of, of followers and subscribers and stuff like that so you know I, I, I've sort of yeah like I said I've watched you from afar and admired and uh, your your determination and what you've achieved and and it, it is amazing to watch it is really inspirational and 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 that's what I mean you know 
that amazing stuff that's in in people can come from anywhere you know yeah. an amazing story that that's that's perhaps you know a difficult one to hear and certainly a difficult one to share like you, you yeah. that you've done but then also that that amazing story of you know well I was determined and I had an idea and I wanted to do something and I just went I'm gonna do it yeah. you know I'm, I'm 32 and starting a podcast I was like I really don't care if 30 people a month listen to this or if it's 30,000. Um, it's not a business. I've, I've tried setting up loads of businesses yeah. in, in nearly everything I've done all my life um, yeah. with with different varying degrees of success. And I was like, oh, this is something I want to do for me. And, and, and really kind of, you were someone that I looked at as if to say, you know, oh God, yeah, I remember like four years ago. So let's totally just set this up as a well while I'm looking for a job in food yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do this yeah. and actually this became your job and I think that's amazing and, and hugely inspirational to people so I mean one of the things that I wanted to ask you on, on that subject I mean what advice would you give because it seems like social media now everybody wants to be yeah. a content creator and that's a, a hugely alien thing for someone like my age and like I said I'm only a few years older but that gap for say when the internet was coming about and in social media the age that you were you were at the age where you instantly got it yeah yeah. even that few years older I was a bit like "Uh, yeah okay I'm still like and I'm still now figuring it out you know but I've spoken to teenagers that are like oh that's what I'm gonna do yeah I'm gonna be a millionaire from Instagram yeah, and it's crazy yeah, that people can make careers out of it. Yeah. It's crazy. So for anybody that might be listening to this, that yeah. is, whether they're a teenager or, 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 an, or an adult, yeah. I mean, what advice would you say? Because like you say, you do a niche thing in a very competitive arena. What, what sort of advice would you give outside of just be determined and get up and do it or... Um, I, I guess persistence and also you you do need support from your friends and family um, because you know it's it's not like smooth like that you know like you go up and down all the time because it is your own business or it is your own career or social media whatever you want to build so you're gonna have to put a lot of hard work in it I used to work well I still do sometimes but I do burn out now so I do like 16 hour days 7 days in a row you know editing and uploading and promoting Um, in terms of advice obviously it's not just sticking a a video you know recording a video it takes you 15 minutes to record it and out it goes yeah no I think the main thing that I learned is that you kind of have to just get on with it and that you're going to come across so many things that you've never like learned about before like for example nobody taught me how to use a camera how to do editing how to research like things and it really really feels um I felt lazy at times I was like why can't I just have someone explain to me how to do this why do I have to go out there and spend days and hours researching and understanding how this works but that's basically you can't be lazy and I think you have to just kind of push yourself, which is the hardest part, I find. You know, when you just feel like, oh, this is too difficult. Yeah. And nobody's going to sit there and be like, well, you got to do this or you don't get paid, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess determination, support from friends and family. <laughs> See, that's a big one because I think yeah. a lot of my friends and family think I'm nuts for doing this because I'm kind of like one of those <laughs> ideas a minute. You should never kind listen of- to other people, yeah. 
Never, never listen to them unless they've no, got no, If they're supportive, you need them. If they're bad, then, then screw them. <laughs> if, if, they like, if they're real friends and if they're like, you know, your family and they want you to succeed, they're just going to support you. Even if they think it's bonkers, like, they should just support you. Uh, my dad was laughing at me for the first two years. He was just like, why the hell did I send you to England? <laughs> he was really not impressed. He was it. annoyed. I'm not yeah. joking. He was kind of joking, but I don't think he, yeah. you know, he'd like... I sent you to England, you went to LSE, you know, the School of Economics in London, you studied management and you've come out and you're pissing about with a video camera and and, and some chocolate brownies. No, he literally, he would like, we would meet some partners or his friends and be like, yeah, this is my daughter. You know, I I don't know, like... um, she, she was very successful but now she's just some cook honey <laughs> so I was Excellent. like and then like, oh I'm just joking just joking but I don't think he was you know no. Like really no no I bet he wasn't almost disappointed and I felt that and that kind of fired me up even more to kind of prove it to him and now he's really proud because obviously I don't think he he's given me now ideas what to do he's like we need to do a book we need to do this How Excellent. Do you know? it's really difficult because the internet it's 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 not really a tangible you can't you can't pick up your following and yeah. say i made this and and it and it is really you know when you've got no followers or no subscribers or something like that it it does seem a bit of a of a it joke now, but it is yeah. the, it is that first step that needs to be taken um, and and now you've got something where you have built it. It is easier to say, look, I I, I did this. You you laughed, or you didn't support it, or you didn't think it was yeah. a good idea. You thought it was a waste. And now actually, it's almost tangible. It's almost something that you can say. Well, there's a business. Look, there's there's an entire back catalogue of of recipes and videos. There's yeah. there's an entire audience that regularly tune in for that next episode. So yeah, for sure. I think so it's, take that dad <laughs> yeah here you go yeah um, I, I, I do think it's probably harder now to build um, social media and I feel like what you just said everyone's trying to do that so you're almost competing for the same spot yeah. you know uh, you know we're subscribed and following so many people there's so much it's already so saturated um, so you have to really stand out or uh, I mean, YouTube slightly is dying at the minute, <laughs> but I have to think of other ways, like how can I make this work? So what else are you doing? Obviously, you, I, I know that you don't just do videos um, on on YouTube and post them to Facebook mm. and Twitter and Instagram and, and, and yeah. the, the social media things. Obviously, what you do it has turned into a business and yeah, Allah so. is for sale in terms <laughs> of cookery demos. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I do supper clubs. I've been doing them for two years now. Okay. So I just host dinners um, for 10 to 15 people. And I make sure I introduce them into like Russian fusion food. So it's like a Russian food with my own twist. Cool. Because I've been living here half of my life technically now. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I kind of want to make this bigger, like hopefully hosting like bigger, large events for like, you know, 100 people, 200 people. That would be kind of the next goal. And then then you then 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 we're talking you know <laughs> yeah but i mean that's cool because um and again like i said we'll post links but essentially supper clubs things like you know yeah you you, you can take on the space do a pop-up restaurant people can come so exactly, if people yeah. listening to this are like wow she's really interesting and i want to <laughs> not just watch her videos and and have a go at it myself but i wanted to come cook for me now they they can yeah they can um, fantastic so- 
if, if they like the look of my food and if they never tried Russian food or anything, they can definitely come and try it. So, uh, and, uh, you know, the warning is that you might be very full because, again, I'm, I'm going to try and feed you. <laughs> <laughs> you did try and feed me as I walked in the door this evening because there's, there's like five things that that you've been making tonight and, uh, and it's, you never stop working. So there's like, we're sitting in your kitchen, but there's also two huge lights for, for <laughs> photography lights and a massive tripod and and yeah food everywhere which is cool um so yeah i mean like we've just tipped over the hour mark um which is cool so awesome. you know thank you so much oh. right? it's gone really really quick um yeah, i've had some you. laughs and thank we've had some stories <laughs> no like I, I really really appreciate that you, that you came on and, and and shared as much as you did because like i said i had no idea any of that happened um all, all, all the sad stuff and uh, and 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 it is you know amazingly powerful stuff that i think that was probably yeah. almost the longest i didn't talk for <laughs> whilst while she were while she was sharing it's that a bit of a, maybe a sad story but um you know the, yeah, ending, but is, it's the a, ending is better you know i'm i'm you know i'm fine <laughs> yeah you're a hell of a determined young lady and uh, and you know you, you you're gonna go amazingly far you know because you you are so determined and uh and and you know you're beautiful and you, you get a lot of uh of people watching the videos because of you as well as the food you know that's that's an yeah. important thing when you're you know you're trying to get on youtube and present something or you're blogging or vlogging and stuff like that and mm. and and just to finish off i mean i just wanted to put in there that you know, how many marriage proposals do you get because you are probably <laughs> the most proposed to person i know and um, it seems like it's every week i'm i'm seeing screenshots on on your personal facebook of people that have proposed to you through youtube it's like literally an introduction yeah. hi i think you're great will you marry me yeah. <laughs> and some of them are serious right um yeah i mean it varies. I can get up to three proposals a week sometimes. Three. <laughs> from Instagram, from Snapchat, from I love YouTube, it. I love from Facebook. It. And then they send pictures of themselves and their car and their house. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so who are you holding out for? Are they just not rich enough? Or? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not sure some strange random person proposing over the internet. And I, I don't know if they think I'm just be like, yes, I'll marry you. They're not putting out a good vibe, thing. right? They're not putting out <laughs> a good a vibe. Weird. It's a bit weird. But it does, it does, it is entertaining. And I think it's, I guess it's kind of sweet. I'm not sure. <laughs> so... It makes my friends laugh, so I guess I'll, I'll just keep posting. It, it, it makes me chuckle. I, I think some of them are, are, are hilarious. Yeah. You know, not not to disrespect any of your your loyal supporters and followers. No, no, no of course, of course. But um, yeah, may, maybe two or three paragraphs as an introduction to who you are before you just blurt out the big question. I suppose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because there's start. so many of them just don't. They just just pop in with you know, I love your videos. You're great nothing about me but marry me <laughs> uh, here's a picture of my house <laughs> i can look yeah. after you <laughs> yeah i know terrible <laughs> but it's funny well ala thank you so much yeah. i'm gonna put all the links to everything that we've spoken about all of your social media and stuff like that yeah, sounds um, great. rather than making you <laughs> spill your yeah in fact no go on because uh, those that aren't listening on acast and click the links give us your give us your kind of your big ones your your 
Twitter and your your Facebook and your Instagram and oh, YouTube. Oh, well, well, my pages. So. Yeah. Well, it's just, or is there a website that people can uh, kind of go to website, and get all of those? It's just alasyummyfood.com. Alasyummyfood.com. Yeah. And the same name is used for all my social handles. So, so yeah, and you're big enough on YouTube that if you type in Alice, yeah. Yes, I'll you, come up you, now. You come up now. <laughs> I so. come up now. I know. That was a proud moment to my that life. <laughs> milestone moment. I'm Googleable. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. If you just put down Google, literally loads of stuff's going to come up, I guess. I, I, I'm a firm believer if people want to find your stuff, they can find yeah, it. There's sure. there's a huge, huge search engine out there. Um, no, thank you so much for having me. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm in your kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> well, vice versa, you know what I mean. I'm, I'm really show. relieved the dog didn't make any more noise than he has. Yeah. He was being very good. He sat yeah. there and so, vegged out. So happiness of my life at the moment. So, you know, it's my man. <laughs> That's your man? <laughs> That's my man. <laughs> What's his name? Milo. Milo. Well, we'll post a picture up of Milo yeah. and, uh, and, and yeah, I'll say goodbye. Thank All you right. very much. Thank you. Bye. Welcome back. How was that? I really enjoyed it. I, I thought that was an amazing conversation. I thought Allah was brilliant. First and foremost, a big thank you to Allah for, for sitting down and sharing so much. I mean, it was pretty powerful stuff. As I said, I didn't I didn't really know her outside of a, of a professional capacity, outside of what she does on her food channel. What she came out with just completely took me by surprise. And it was really emotional and it was really, really hard to uh, to try and maintain composure, be professional and, and carry on. And that was just me. This wasn't my story. She did it like a trooper. She carried on um, and, and she shared things with me and, and everybody that is, I mean, she allowed it to be recorded. Um, and I, I don't think she was uh, in herself kind of going into this thinking that she would share so much. Um, but I think that just goes to show the power of a proper sit down conversation with someone that wants to listen um so i think you know a big uh, a big round of applause to alice um i hope you enjoyed it uh please do not forget to share it if you did enjoy it tell your friends um don't give out away any spoilers um rate and review and subscribe like i said earlier that really really helps me but also the reviews you know it'd be nice for for the people that are my guests they don't get anything out of it they 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 do it because they want to help me out and because they think it's an interesting concept so they're more than happy to sit with me i think given a little review and a five star rating to say that you enjoyed their episode that would go a really really long way to to make them feel good and uh and you know give them something for actually doing it so please do that next week's show uh i've got uh, a young Asian guy who is just a fantastic entrepreneur. He's 20 years old and in his first year of business, he made a million pounds. Um, he started with nothing and he's got a really, really interesting backstory as to how he how how he kind of grew up. Um, so, you know, don't miss that. That's next week. And uh, there will be a show every single week coming out on a Tuesday. Um I wanted to say some thank yous because it's, it's the first episode and uh, in future episodes I might not get a chance all the time to say thank yous but a massive thank you to my friend Rob who 
puts these podcasts together i do all of the the leg work in terms of driving up and down the country and recording guests face to face he really sits there and makes the audio sound good he put together an amazing teaser trailer so go and listen to that if you haven't already i'm really really super happy to be working with him he's done me a huge favor i don't pay him for it this podcast doesn't make money we both share the the same goal and the same idea that this podcast just needs to be made uh, to give everyday normal people a voice and uh, you know, I suppose it's uh, a sort of social experiment and uh, he's on board with that and he, he's really helped me out with his skills to, to put it together because I would not have a clue. Another thank you is to uh, the guys that did the music. So uh, a good friend of mine, David Woodcock, he's got an amazing first album. I've seen him play a few times. I really love his music. I asked him if he would be kind enough to to write me a little jingle, a little song to to play at the beginning of the podcast. He he was really really keen, and again took no money for it. Um, he got a fab singer to to sing on it, Paul Hill. We recorded it with uh, a drummer who has a recording studio, the London Road Recording Studios in South End. That's Joe Lamb, um, and David played all of the other instruments. I think it's a great little tune. Um, really, really gives a, a sense of class and air of professionality to the podcast. So thanks very much for that. Uh, I'll post links and stuff like that to where you can get David's album uh, on the website. There also, if you're listening on Acast, uh, there'll be a link right now, as I've said, David's name as to where you can go and get his album, have a little listen. Um, so yeah, I don't think there's much more to say, really. Visit the website, sign up to the newsletter so that you get kind of weekly emails to say this is the latest episode this is what's happening um stuff that maybe i don't tell you on the podcast um there'll be some live events as well so there'll be in uh there'll be emails to say you know where we're going to do a live recording of a podcast that's something i'm quite keen to do um in front of an audience pull random people up and see if uh, if people want to share a story or something with me in front of an audience so yeah um and yeah please 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 don't forget that um, if you're interested, you can be on a show. If you've got something interesting to say, you can be on the subject of whatever you want. Um, if if it's a happy, sad, funny, tragic, I mean, whatever kind of story, um, something that will inspire and educate is always good as well. You know, please get in touch because this show is all about everyday and ordinary people. And uh, and for, for the show to exist and to happen, it, it needs people like you to uh to to want to share your stories so that'd be great if you can get in touch again all my links to social media and things like that are on my website that mrchristopher.com and you can email me at podcast at that mrchristopher.com thanks very much and i will speak up with you next week thank you Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.